T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now... Let's meet the American League All-Stars. Infielder, Ron Coomer. Ron Coomer. Ron Coomer. Guy who grew up on the south side of Chicago and was a Cubs fan. It's like taking your life in your hands. You know he's a tough guy. That's right. Radio analyst for your Chicago Cubs. Wrigley Field is shaking right now. Unbelievable. Nine-year MLB veteran. Base hit, Coomer going for two. Here goes the throw to third. It's a stand-up double for Ron Coomer. That's a nice knock for the old hometown boy, isn't it? Yes, very good. Well, he's been red hot. He's been in a hitting zone. 1999 All-Star. Coomer, Coomer. <laughs> the Coom Dog. And there you are. Yeah. Ron Coomer with Parkins and Spiegel. That's how you do it. On 670 The Score. This man is going to put us in a good mood if you're not already there. Spring training. Debuts tomorrow. You'll hear the game right here on the score. He's in Arizona. He's our friend and yours, our teammate here at the home of Cubs baseball, Ron Coomer, on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What up, Coom? How we doing, boys? Danny, Matty, it's uh, good. How about hearing Ronnie Sano and Pat? How cool is that? I appreciate you guys putting that together. It's very nice and uh you got a couple of my hits, all five of them that I got for the Cubs, right? That was good. Yeah, it's really cool. That's really <laughs> cool. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, awesome. Pat, Pat, yeah. Pat and Ron, uh, yeah. calling Ron uh, right there. <laughs> and and some Bruce in there, of course, for you. What are you going to do? It's a road trip. It, it, Cubs and the Mets in, in, you know, in Flushing. But, you know, there's kind of a couple of big concerts that week uh, in August <laughs> at Wrigley there, Coombe. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Rosen, I, I, I'm not feeling all that well. Um, yeah. Um, I like my chances of missing the team playing for the first time in, in uh, 37 or 38 years, I think it is. Yeah, that's that one I might miss. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I've been to the new ballpark in New York. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Take we don't always get off. to see Bruce and E Street Band, right? I mean, yeah. it is what it is. 
Oh, that, good, good for so, you. Yeah, we, we're both going to be there too. Danny and I uh, both grabbed some tickets. Excited about about that yeah. one for sure. <laughs> Coom, uh, don't let the secret out though. Okay, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, no one's listening. It's only yeah. least of all Mitch. It's only fifty thousand yeah. watts. Yeah, least of all Mitch down the hall from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listens to the damn show while he's on vacation. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So the secret's out, but. Uh, what what would you say like since you've been down there top top baseball thing you're either seeing or hearing at Cubs camp what's the top story to you um, energy very high which you expect right that's that's a no brainer um, the thing to me is you you look around camp and I I just get the feeling from being in camps on both sides where you're really young and inexperienced and then having the you know seeing the the change of a group where you've got some experienced guys that are they're big leaguers, right? They've had, they've won World Series. They've been MVPs. They've, they know what they're doing. Big league camp is no surprise. It's not something different every day. And that's what you got this year. You, you've got a bunch of guys that, not a bunch, but you've got a, a, a core group of people who really know their way around the big leagues. They, they've had a lot of success. Um, and, and you see it, right? You see it in the work. When you're watching the guys do, do take infield, outfield, you know, as an infield, I watch that every day. I, I see how guys work. And you look at a shortstop catch the ball. He's, he's smooth as silk, and he's, he's getting to know his second baseman. And him and Nico are starting to work well together. Uh, but but there's, that, there's that thing, right? When you're around people that really know what they're doing in our league, you, you can tell. And that's what the Cubs have right now. That's, uh, that's pretty cool uh, to feel that uh, out there. Kuma, I, I've been saying, I said it earlier today, like I – I feel like the floor for this team is higher than people think, perhaps, just because the way they're going to play, how they're building it, the style they're going to play, fundamentally sound, really good defense up the middle and all over the place, strike throwers, like the, and the way that Rossi manages. I, I, I've, I'll be really surprised if they're not an 80-win team this year because of the style they're going to play. Yeah, I could go with that, Maddie, for sure. You're looking at um, the biggest key, just like you saw last year on the south side. They were a very good team, and they're a very good team this year. But if you're not healthy, you're not going to win. It's just that simple. And none of the teams are that deep where you can lose two and three guys in your rotation and then lose the core of your lineup and think it's going to work out. It just doesn't. So the Cubs have to be healthy. But if they stay healthy, um, you're talking about strike throwers. Yes, absolutely, with good stuff. You're talking about them playing as good a defense up the middle and really just defense in general as a team in the league. So they're a very good defensive team. So when you, when you change the rules that, that the league has done this year with the shifting or lack of shifting and keeping the guys more so than anything else on the infield dirt, range is going to become a big thing this year where that range with your infielders, where that was not a big thing over the last few years with all the shifting. You could hide guys on defense and just use them for their bat. You can no longer do that. So that's a big plus for the Cubs. So if strengths are, as we're talking to Ron Coomer, if strengths are defense and strike throwers, what are the question marks to you? you you're looking at some veteran players that have to make a comeback. They've got to have that comeback of the year type of guy, right? I think Eric Hosmer fits into that. He's had some struggles. Last year, he got off to a great start, but he's bounced to, from a couple teams here over the last 
couple years. Um, and he was, uh, I watched him play in Kansas City. Phenomenal first baseman, great player. So, you know, I haven't seen him play that much lately over the last few years. So we got to see what he's going to bring. Uh, Mancini struggled. He had a pretty good year, but struggled in the playoffs. And I think the center fielder, Bellinger, he's in the same boat. Um, he had a home run yesterday in live BP um, against Smiley, left and left. And that was to the opposite field, to left center field, which was a bomb. And uh, his swing looks better. Looks like he's covering more of the strike zone. So that that's a plus. But we'll see. But Danny, to answer your question, guys got to have the years that they're capable of. And some of those guys have really had some struggles over the last two years, let's say. And that can't continue if the Cubs are going to be, you know, as Maddie said, uh, you know, a 500 team or better. Ron, it's so funny. Jason Hayward out there at Dodgers camp trying to remake his swing for the ninth time or whatever yeah. it is. And here's Cody Bellinger at Cubs camp trying to remake his swing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was told by a friend who covers the Dodgers that, that he's tr- he's tried to remake it four or five times over the last four years. Uh, have you had a chance to see him, or would, what what's what's the buzz out there? Because man, that dude grew up like an all fields spray the ball great hitter who fell in love with the homer and 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 lost himself somewhere along the way. I, I wonder what he's doing right now. Now are you talking about Bellinger or Jason? Bellinger, Bellinger, Bellinger. So Bellinger to me. Um, he, he made some changes in his setup a few different times. He was spread out. Then he got real narrow with his feet. Um, and when you get real, and he's narrow again. When you get real narrow, you get a lot of movement with your head going forward towards the pitcher. And if you move forward towards the pitcher with your upper body, and in particular your head, your eyes move, very difficult to cover certain pitches. The ball up and in has been a big hole uh, for all guys that do that. Uh, and then they're very vulnerable once a pitcher speeds them up with hard stuff. They have a very hard time staying back long enough to hit something off speed that's sweeping breaking ball. So, and that's been his his issue that I saw with the Dodgers in the short time that we got to see them play. So, hmm. um, against them. So, um, to me, that, that's that's the biggest thing. He's you've got to you've got to correct some of those those things where. You know, everybody's trying to get all these these guys that got pop in their bat to swing up at the ball and get the ball elevated. You know, getting the ball elevated is one thing, but when you when the backside of your approach to hitting, your backside breaks down and it drops, and now you start swinging up from behind you, your hand starting behind you, and it starts up. If you're not in perfect timing with the ball, and if you're you know, and you don't recognize the pitch right away. You're extremely vulnerable, and I think that's what's happened to a lot of guys that's turned guys that could hit 300 into 200 hitters, and that to me is alarming. Ron Coomer with us, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. He's with us from Cubs camp. You know, Coop, they say the uh, the camera adds 10 pounds. I see these pictures of, say, a Suzuki. Looks like it adds 50 pounds of muscle. What's he look like in person, and is it a Ooh. good thing? Uh, the Bears got the first pick of the draft, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you're talking. It's that noticeable. Oh, my. He's, I said that yesterday. I, I was watching BP yesterday, and he's put on, I don't know, I, the rumor or what I heard was 22 pounds over this offseason of muscle through his shoulders. Um, you just look at his shoulders and back. 
uh, very strong, all you know, in great shape, running around, still the same, but just a much bigger, stronger guy. And you guys remember, when you watched him last year, you, you saw the super leg strength and size and strength, like almost like a fullback with the legs of a running back, right? Well, he can handle adding some of that weight and still being able to move because of his strength in his core and his lower body. So I think it's going to help him sustain himself through a big league season, which is a really difficult schedule um, and something you know he'd never really dealt with before. In the Japanese league, you get a day off a week. Doesn't sound like much, but the major league schedule is not that, and uh, it, it was. I'm sure it was difficult for him. So it's a good thing, because like, I mean, you know, I know it's a completely different position, but like we we when we praised Lucas Giolito on the air before last year, man, you look beefy, you got huge, all this stuff, and then now he's slimmed down again. And he's like, oh god, that was a mistake. Like I, it, it was it it wasn't the right thing for him, and it and it totally backfired. Like I. I see the pictures and it looks really good and what you're saying makes total sense, but like this guy's won home run derbies before he's won batting titles before. Like he's, he's not a, a new baseball player. He's not a, I mean, he's young, but he's in his prime, but he's not like, you know, a young pup that he doesn't know what he's doing. I, I was surprised at the total body transformation. Yeah. I, in, in Danny, to me, when I looked at him, I was like, Whoa, that's, you know, he spent a ton of time. Now, he, there's no fat. That's not like a like he's bloated at all. I mean, you're not yeah. looking at a guy that just overate and didn't didn't you know work. This was a this was a planned uh, program that he was on to gain some weight and muscle uh, for the season. So um, I just think you you're you're in constant evaluation, right? As your as your professional career moves on, and he felt, I'm sure, that he he hit some balls last year that he thought were home runs, and they didn't go out of the ballpark. The ballparks are bigger in the States than they are in Japan, and he hit some balls that were warning track outs. Maybe now he's feeling like, I put on the strength, I'm going to reach the seats more. Hmm. That very well, to me, that's what makes the most sense and what I would think is the reason. Hey, Coom, hey, we talked so much with the listeners last year trying to kind of figure out how to say what the Cubs might have thought of Wilson Contreras as the deadline came and like, like, and so many people, and it's understandable. You look at Wilson, you're like, man, what, why not keep this guy? And then the Cardinals go out and spell and spend all the money. And Rossi said great things about Contreras this morning in response to this, but this thing that came out from Kenny Rosenthal over at the Athletic, where they they kind of put a point on it. He said he talked to a couple people in the org, and that Wilson worked hard, but he didn't always prepare and work the way the coaches wanted. That that as a catcher, sometimes he didn't stay locked in on the defensive side because he was worried about hitting. You know, it's um, it's interesting when stuff like that kind of comes out because it doesn't mean he's uh, that he was a bad guy or a bad player. They just they they just went a different way with the defensive catchers that they have now here with Gomes and with Barnhart. I wonder what the difference will really be. The difference you're going to see is in calling the game, without question. You're going to see a difference in handling the pitchers, and being able to do that um, at a very high level for the two guys that, you know, between Jan and Barnhart. You know, I saw that with Barnhart for the years that he was in Cincinnati, and you always looked and went, this guy knows what he's doing, right? Um, it's very difficult to be a, a, 
a big offensive player at the catcher position and bring enough to the table if you're not doing a good job handling your staff, right? You really need to be like an MVP type hitter um, for that to be, you know, something that carries as much weight as you need as a defensive player. Uh, Mike Piazza did it. He probably fits as a great example, right? Pudge Fisk was a great offensive player, but he was also a really good catcher and a great handler of pitchers. You know, bench comes to mind too. There's, you know, Pudge Rodriguez, another one. Um, but first and foremost, you have to be able to handle your pitchers and understand that part. And, you know, it's obvious. I think the Cubs felt that that wasn't um, his strength. And, you know, the ERA with the other guys catching as opposed to Wilson, you know, there was a big variance, you know, the big number when he was catching, you know, and um, when you start looking at that, what do you want? Do you want a defensive player at that position or do you want a guy that really plays offense? And I think they made their choice. Coom, bigger concern, lack of power or lack of swing and miss stuff? I would say power. I think our game is, a, you know, has really transformed into being a home run hitting league. Um, and rightfully so. I, I don't disagree with it. Um, the defense, the Cubs have set up the team on the defensive side and the pitching side, Danny, like we just talked about. Yep. So you've got guys that don't all have swing and miss stuff. So what do you have? You've got a really good defense. Okay, great. So that really matches up well to me. Um, the middle of the lineup is going to be a little thin with power, I think. Um, you know, first three, four guys, you know, you're not looking at anyone that's a huge power threat, you know, out of the first four or five even. Um, but you got more guys that are going to put the ball in play. I, you know, probably, you know, looking at Nico hitting lead off, that makes a lot of sense. He's a, you know, he'll take a few more pitches, but he's going to put the ball in play 300 type hitter. If Ian can continue what he did last year and be another 280 to 300 hitter, um, with a high on base for, for Happer, um, you know, now you're looking at. The, the guys that do swing and miss a little bit, they get guys on base and the three-run homer will come into play quite a bit more. So I love our the pitching and defense I'm pretty good with. I think our stuff on our staff too, guys, to be honest with you, um, is pretty good. Our The bullpen guys we picked up, they can sling the ball. Now, I watched Boxberger yesterday. He's got great ride on his fastball and an excellent changeup. So he's going to be he's, – he's better than I – saw that because you don't see guys as much i watched his entire workout yesterday and i was impressed coom you're the best uh as you've been walking over there behind the complex and you see the players coming out and stretching uh that 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 beautiful little spot back there um i always love when like the former ball players are in uniform for a day or two like hey there's rick sutcliffe in a uniform you know like hey hey there's rhino in a uniform have you seen anybody uh, oh, yeah. At, at, yeah. Any, any, any surprises back there? No. Uh, Sut's down here, of course. You know, uh-huh. he's not going to miss spring training. You can't miss Scottsdale, you know, <laughs> so he's down here. Um, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Rhino. I haven't seen Billy yet um, or Fergie, but I'm sure all those guys will be down here soon uh, with the game starting tomorrow. Um, Joe Girardi and I have hung out a little bit together. Backfields. I saw Jimmy Deshays um, today. He got down here, so... Um, now that the games are going to start, Maddie, it'll, yeah, the conversations, 
you know, in the storytelling, the, the fish stories get bigger and bigger as years go on, but it's, it's all good. That's the best. <laughs> so you're hitting at 400 off the tee at this point. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I was even close to what I used to do at 300. No, not yet. I haven't picked up my clubs yet, but um, Mitch isn't listening, right? No. Nope. Did you say that? Right? No. Nope. Yeah, I'll, I'll be playing golf here in the next, uh, within the next three or four days, I'll get, I'll get out there and it's golf ball. All right, good there for you, go. you Coom. Can't wait to see you <laughs> talk to you throughout the year. Thank you, sir. You guys, too. Thanks, Ron. Danny, Maddie, take care. See you, buddy. Guys, it's Ron Coomer. He's already preparing the, 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 the cough so he can miss the team flight and stick around for the Springsteen show. I love it. It'll be funny to see how many of the peripheral Cubs people are like, I just decided to, <laughs> to not make that trip. Yeah. Like, it's a triple-A triple roster. Like the Cubs have made nine call-ups before the uh, before the Mets series. There's a plane overhead, folks. It's possible that my broadcast partner today, Ron Coomer, is on that very flight. <laughs> I was dying when I heard that live. That was so that was so crazy. Uh, <laughs> did four games last spring, and that fourth one, I did half alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Play-by-play and analyst. No, I, I wasn't saying that the players were going to skip the trip to I was, New York. But, I was. But that, I think, that was my I, joke. You don't think Christopher Morell is lining up to see the balls? <laughs> yeah, that, I, don't, I didn't think that was going to happen, but I, 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 thought, I thought maybe, just maybe, you know, Speaks would be confronted with a choice. Does he go to see the boss on a Friday or because uh-huh. Pat Hughes wants to see the show? Or does yeah. he get to go to New York and call a road game? Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. These uh, are the decisions you have to make. Yeah, Hopefully. Hopefully. You know. Oh, they'll come. They will come. <sighs> Speaks is 25th and 24th players. That's right. 25 and 24. Favorite Chicago. We're doubling up pl- today? We're going to do, du- do the double up, huh? Last day of the week, man. We better. We've been talking about it for four days. Today's the, the make good on, on President's Day. We're doing, we're doing the double up. But uh, the Bulls are back in action tonight, and the numbers are ugly. It's next on The Score. You know, we call today Feel Good Friday, so I'm trying to stick to that, you know? <laughs> I like it. I like it. was good to talk to Ron Coomer. Cubs Spring Training Baseball will be on the air tomorrow, and Cubs Spring Training Baseball on The Score is sponsored by Sloan the official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. We'll talk to Don Cooper in an hour. That's always interesting. But what will be on the score airwaves tonight, Speaks, is Bulls basketball. Oh, yeah, man. Patrick Beverly era begins 23 games to go. Yeah. And he's saying interesting things, and he's going to play hard, and he's going to be on Zach Levine's ass and all that sort of stuff, which, uh-huh. you know, great. Great. Um, It's going to be interesting. We'll see what direction they go. These next four games are against teams that are better than them and against teams that matter. Uh, Brooklyn, Toronto, Washington, Detroit. Toronto and Washington are the spots right in front of them in the standings for the play-in. So you come out of the All-Star break hot, and Pat Beverly works immediately, we could be talking about this team in 10 days as being on the right side of the playoffs looking in. If these games go poorly, it's over. Like, that's that's basically what it, I mean, you're, you're two games out of the playoffs right now. You go 1-3 and three or 0-4 in this stretch, and you went lost six straight going into the break. You know, it's all over here. So yeah. 
if 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 their plan's going to work, it needs to work immediately. They probably need to go three and one, uh, or at least two and two with wins against Toronto and Washington in this stretch. There's a big big stretch of four games. If a, you you wanted me to put myself like you didn't like the plan, but this is the plan, so let's see if it works. They need to do well in these four games immediately. There cannot be any growing pains with Pat Beverly. Yeah, I mean, aside from what you think of the idea to add and try to go for it, which we've debated and talked about, here they are. They're going for it. Now let's see. And we'll see if it, if it works, if it, if it functions well, if Beverly's energy and defense and ability to hit the three and his lack of need for the ball um, as a ball control point guard, that's not him. Um, if that works, it gives you an idea that maybe that kind of point guard could work a little bit in the future. But, yeah, man, time is now, and, and, and they're bad. I'm, I was looking at the latest NBA.com power rankings. Out of 30 teams, anybody want to guess where the Bulls are ranked? 30 teams in the NBA. So this is, like, who the best teams are, right? Like, not, not, not like their position long-term, but, like, an actual power ranking of good, good or bad. Good or bad teams right now from John Schumann at NBA.com. I'd say they're one of the bad ones. That's, that's a good call. 24. Bottom half, for sure. Yeah, that's also a good call, Tanny. 26, Danny, all the way down at 26. Behind Indiana. So he only, he only has – oh, wow, Indiana. Okay. Behind Indiana and Orlando – in addition to the Lakers, oh, yeah, the Jazz. Okay, yeah, behind them. Right? So when when so we talked about that in the show meeting the other day, I said 27, and Danny scoffed at it. Yeah. Said, they well, got to be much higher than yeah, that. I didn't say much, but th- 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 there's, f- there's four teams with like 15 wins or fewer, so I figured, that, I figured the lowest they could be is 26. Yeah, that's all they're ahead of. They're ahead of Charlotte, Detroit, Houston, Houston. and the Spurs. Okay. That's it. That's the only one they're ahead of. Um, and it's yeah, it's mean, pretty it's, pathetic. But uh, Shane, don't that's what take, I've been saying. Go for go to be the fifth worst team in the NBA. That's yeah. what I've been trying to say. I know. And I, John Schumann says they are right now. Uh, Shane, don't take the scoff personally. That's Danny's, I never do. That's Danny's default move. You, know you know give I mean? any idea how low quality the drugs are when you're watching a team that's ranked 27th in the power rankings? <laughs> The, the stuff I'm shooting up, it's not high quality. That's yeah. tough for a hoops junkie. It's laced. Yeah. Yeah, Speaks, I scoffed at you saying the Cubs floor was 80 wins. Yeah. That was a scoff. You're a scoffer. That was a scoff. Yeah, you do, lead do with you the scoff. floor means? Yeah. There's nothing lower than floor. I, I, I'm aware. Okay. I'm aware. Thank All right. you. Especially when your basement's unfinished. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, tell me about it. It's so depressing. It's um, so depressing. I, I thought you'd enjoy the, the, a couple of these numbers here, Danny. Number one, the Bulls lead the league with 26 games in which they've made fewer than 10 three-pointers. 26 games. Hey, they lead the league in something. There's 7 and 19 in those games. Um, And then the category is two-point shot attempts from 18 feet and out. Number one in the NBA, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Number two in the NBA, Zach Levine. DeMar has 189 attempts. Zach has 112 attempts. They're first and second. Trey Young is next at just 85 attempts. That's 27 fewer than Levine and 104 fewer than DeMar. They take that's so that's so damning. Isn't it? But, but it, it's it's honestly more damning for Billy Donovan than either of the two players. Right. Like you gotta coach Running them offense. out of that. You gotta coach them out of that. Yeah, but but I, like not even in the like a like a tell them to shoot more threes. Kind of motivate, run, uh, run motion. <laughs> like don't, don't don't have the ball. Just be like, ah, what are we gonna do? There's nine seconds left on the shot clock. This is the best shot I can get off. Like that's that's such a 
that's so damning of coaching. Uh, Zach Lowe, I read everything he writes about the NBA. You know, he does his 10 things I like and don't like column. Yeah. Uh, the Bulls were obviously a thing that he doesn't like. His lead was just so succinct and perfect. The Bulls expended a ton to build around three offense-first All-Stars and are 24th in points per possession. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the defense. It's the Bulls' defense. It's actually carrying them to uh, the low heights that they've been carried to. So it's not much of a carry. Yes, yeah, right, because it's an offense league, and they're bad. It's really, 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 really tough to watch. And if these next four games go poorly, you can pack it in. Like Honestly, like th- th- this is a four-game stretch that – this Beverly experiment better work and pay dividends immediately. Coming up next, Matt Spiegel has counted down. We've had a Hall of Famer on the list. We've had no pitchers yet, but two guys, 25 and 24, Spiegel's favorite players of his last 30 baseball seasons in Chicago. We get 25 and 24 on the list, counting it down until opening day. Next on The Score. He's got a chance. Go! We're counting down the days to opening day. Happy opening day. By celebrating some of Chicago baseball's all-time greats. There go number 400 for Big Frank. You can put it on the board. Yes. Here comes the hook. Got it. 20 strikeouts. It's Matt Spiegel's top 30 favorite Chicago baseball players of the last 30 years. Matt Spiegel is one of the great baseball people, and not only in this town, but across the country. From Abreu. Sox win! Sox win! On a grand slam by Jose Abreu. To Big Z. Carlos Sobrano has no hit! The Houston Astros! Matt Spiegel counts us down to opening day. Wow, is that huge! Matt Spiegel's 30 players for 30 years. That's how you do it. On the Parkins and Spiegel Show on 670 The Score. It's been a fun project, and we're just getting started. Spiegel's counting down his favorite baseball players. He came up with his own proprietary scoring system, realized that he had been in town for 30 Chicago baseball seasons. This marks number 31. And as the multi-level baseball person that he is, He's put together a list, and now finally we are doubling up with 25 and 24 because we were off for President's Day and we wanted to do one per show leading up to opening day. We inevitably will need to double up again (laughs) when Speaks takes a couple of days off for an unknown reason. But without further ado, number 25. Kyle Schwarber, Danny. His legend preceded him. Everybody knows the story by now. I first heard it from Theo Epstein at a Hot Stove Cool Music event when I commented on Schwarber killing it at single A right after he'd been drafted in 2014, Theo, with a beverage in hand, leaned over and said, he's Babe effing Ruth. Later, we found out that's how the legendary scout Stan Zielinski had pitched him to baseball ops before the Cubs took him at number four overall, one spot after the White Sox took Carlos Rodon. And Cub fans, you remember waiting breathlessly for so many prospects to arrive and contribute and Babe Effenruth had mystique and results. He tore through the minors with an OPS over one. As a double-A player, his MVP of the Futures game. It seemed like he didn't have a position, though. I really know where that, that he could play. It's not going to be a big league catcher. Hadn't really been moved off of it yet. Called up to the bigs in June of 2015 for six games of interleague play. It's the only reason they called him up. And he played DH. First start, he went four for five with two RBI. 
After interleague, he goes back to the minors. The legend only grew. Then he comes up in that July and the power flash. Do you remember the extra inning game in Cincinnati where he hit a two-run homer to tie it in the ninth and a solo shot to win it in the 13th? Babe F and Ruth memes were popping up everywhere at the time. And then that postseason, of course, he was magic. There was the homer and the three RBI and the wild card win against the Pirates. Then in the ALDS against the Cardinals, two more home runs, including the one he'll forever be remembered for in the clinching game four at Wrigley, a ball that is going to stay where it landed for all eternity. And Schwarber sends one high and deep, way back, and this ball is long gone. Mercy. What in the world? Over the scoreboard, on to Sheffield it goes. Schwarber with a booming home run. And the Cubs have a 6-4 lead. Whoa! What a statement. That ball was crushed. It wasn't just high. It was far. Look where this ball lands. And Pittsburgh it went into the river, didn't it? This one goes over the Budweiser sign, didn't it? It did. They hit one off that video board. Ha ha. That was the night the Cubs passed the Cardinals, the divisional rival and the organizational model. And Wrigley was like emotional. Theo's team had arrived. Didn't that night feel that way, Danny? Absolutely. I mean, I've told you about Hendricks and I mean, Kyle Schwarber is probably my second favorite Cub and it was for very similar reasons. The moment didn't feel too big for him. Yep. But those moments felt too big for Cubs fans because it was like they're never going to win. Just we'll get one before I die. Uh-huh. We're cursed. Bartman's going to happen. A black cat's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And then you had this guy who was like so totally not afraid of the moment. But not only that, he was actually better in the big moment. It had a calming effect on you, and he could just straight up mash. Yep. He, he, I, one of my favorite Cubs ever. Even as the Mets swept the Cubs in the NLCS, Schwarber hit two more homers, his five as a rookie being the most ever in an entire Cubs career for postseason home runs. Then the violent injury as a clumsy left fielder in the second game of 2016, a long recovery. And you'd see him around occasionally limping through the clubhouse. I'm never going to forget the buzz sweeping the press box during the NLCS that Schwarber was working out in Mesa and might be able to play in the World Series. Nobody bought it, really. But he came back after six months, started game one as a DH, and doubled in the fourth inning. This was Paul Bunyan, legendary stuff. A 500 on-base percentage in the World Series. The big sack fly to move Almora to second in game seven. Just outrageous. And then Bumpy. After that, Joe Madden's leadoff experiment and a failure. Demotion to the minors. Great September in 2017 when he came back up. Pretty darn good 2018. Finished second to Bryce Harper in the home run derby. 2019 is pretty damn good in retrospect. 871 OPS, 38 homers, 92 RBIs. He worked hard, was a good teammate, and that has only grown his legend in his post-Cubs life. But then in the uh, 59 games of the 2020 season, he hit under 200 OBP, just over 300 with 11 homers and another postseason fizzle. And when he was non-tendered, that paired with the Darvish trade kicked off a dismantle that the organization is is just now maybe emerging from. So overall in the Cubs career, no all-star appearances, no top 20 award finishes, no other accolades to really count, but 
innumerable memorable moments, a legendary legacy, the World Series crown, and the good vibes were off the charts. On the proprietary scale, he gets a 7 for offense, a 2 for defense. Vibes were a 10, second 10 in the vibes category. Teammateship, a 10. Memorable moments, a 10. That gets him to 39. That's how a guy with no all-star appearances as a Cub makes it to number 25 on the list. Yeah, he was that dude. He was awesome. Um, Just a straight masher. I mean, I remember they clinched against the Dodgers on my 30th birthday, and that was the same day that he had reported to wherever he went, the Fall League, Yeah, ahead of the World Series. And I I remember that he did that on-field workout and that got all of the – you were like, oh, my God, Schwarber could be back? Yeah. It, it didn't even make any sense. Right. Like, like it, but it was, it was so – it was like, – it, and then he hit over 400 in the World Series. Like, it felt like he hit home, like six home runs in that World Series. He hit zero. But it's just like his, his presence, the double off the wall, the sack fly that you mentioned. Like, he, he was unbelievable, man. And every – like, the energy and the presence and what he did for those guys being back was great. But I, go to your next guy. I, I remember all, the way the baseball people said, how do you miss six months and then come back and spit on Andrew Miller's sliders in yep. the World Series? Like, how do you do that? But I screwed it up. He had the single that Almora pinch ran for him. It was KB with the sacrifice fly. Right, so yeah, 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 thank right. you to the texture. I, I, I screwed that up. Uh, fixed. All right. Onward. Ready? Number 24 is Carlos Zambrano. Man, you're just hitting on like two of my five favorite Cubs ever. That And the, the no-hitter, the Zambrano no-hitter is in Tanny's Open for the segment. But, man, Big Z, feisty, fiery, combustible, often out of control. And we can all debate about whether his career was ultimately an underachievement. Um, If he'd gotten the anger issues under control, could he have been better? I think so. But when you look at the production and think of the totality of the Cubs' tenure, he was really, really good and so entertaining. Ten seasons as a Cub, full-time starter for nine of those. He started 30 or more games six times. Five times over 200 innings. The ERA only went over four in the final year of 2011. Three all-star appearances. Three times he finished fifth in Young Award voting. 2004, he got MVP votes. 16-8 and eight with a 2.75 ERA. Fourth best in the National League. Struck out 188 in 209 innings. Also led the league with 20 hit batters that year. Did Carlos Zambrano. But you think of the career arc. Early on, he's an extra guy. Kind of a fun fourth starter behind Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor and Matt Clement. By 2006, he emerged as the healthy number one and the heart of the team. The ace of playoff teams in 07 and 08. He would eventually start on opening day six times. That's tied with Fergie Jenkins for the most in franchise history. He was an ace for longer than just about anybody in the history of this franchise. He was awesome, man. I mean, he, uh, he underachieving, sure, but you, you used the right word, entertaining. Oh, unbelievable. Had six, had six homers in a season, yeah. would, fight, would fight people, would yell at the ump, would yell at the opponents, would yell at, would yell at his own teammates. He, the knock on him, or not the knock, but like he just did not show up in the – the 03 NLCS, he was just not good. Yeah, but then he, he pitched for another uh, another decade. Uh, no, I after know, that. but like that 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 team. Uh, no, of course, but I'm just saying, like that that team. I think it was game one and game. I don't remember which the other one, but like he, yeah. he just he, he just did not show up 
in that series. I remember he got shelled in game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just like that that was the closest that he could have been to being like the all time postseason like legend as well. And he just did not show up. You well, met- wasn't there an instance in 07, remember, against the Diamondbacks where they pulled him early from a game where yep. Lou was trying to like get him an extra start for a game that they ultimately would never even play? Yeah, Lou, Lou, Lou. Yeah, Lou. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, it's a good call, Tanny. I, I mean, but Danny mentioned the bat. That's a huge factor in pushing him up this list is the bat, the six homers in one season and more. High drive, deep left center, well hit by Zambrano. And it's gone into the basket. So he's on the board with his first home run. Well, that old cliche about pitchers helping themselves at the plate. Carlos has had two at-bats. He's had a double, a home run, scored twice, and driven in a run. He didn't do much more than that. Big Z is one of the best-hitting pitchers of the modern game. Switch hitter, career batting average. Switch hitter of 238. He had bombs from both sides. Career total of 24 homers, seventh all-time, with only Madison Bumgarner and Mike Hampton from this century joining him in the top 30, the most indelible moment, the no-hitter, 2008 in Milwaukee against the Astros. Yeah, that's weird, because the hurricane had pushed the Astros north. They borrowed Miller Park. Astros, the wild card hunt. Cubs led the division. Big Z stole the, sh- stole the show, threw a no-hitter in front of a crowd that was like 90% Cubs fans who drove up on short notice. Here it was, first Cubs no-no since Milt Pappas in 1972. The controversy. Got into a fight with another teammate, Michael Barrett, in the Wrigley dugout. Took a bat to the Gatorade cooler after a frustrating outing. Got in a fight with teammate Derek Lee in the dugout at U.S. Cellular. Bob Brenly kind of liked the fight. This has been a dead-ass team for the better part of three months to start this season. He once ranted about the team, did Big Z, and gave us a great drop. We stinks. We stinks. Almost got into a fight with Dan McNeil at a score remote broadcast that Mac and I did at a hotel downtown. He asked us if we could take a break. You guys don't do commercial? Yeah, we do. We eventually did. He once threw a ball so far, as far as he could, into the outfield after arguing with an ump, got a fine and suspension. Ultimately forced to go through anger management training by MLB, which he didn't seem to take very seriously. Big Z drove me nuts because I love players who work to be self-aware and better themselves, but... What are you going to do, man? That dude was an absolute killer. Big Z! As a pitcher. <laughs> so Carlos Zambrano gets an eight for um, the hitting and the fielding as a pitcher. A eight for the pitching. He gets a seven for the vibes. Gets a six for the teammateship. And a nine for the memorable moments. Giving him 39. He's tied with Schwarber. But 24th on this list, Carlos Zambrano. To Tanny's point, it was 85 pitches when he was pulled in that game in 07. And, uh, yeah, so he was spotted a 4 nothing lead in game one of the 03 NLCS. Gave up five earned runs in six innings, including three home runs in the top of the third inning. And then in game five, he only lasted five innings, uh, only two earned runs, but did issue four walks and five hits and got the loss in the game. Love so. it. Uh, uh, good stuff. A texture reminds us when he pulled a muscle in Colorado at batting practice while he was trying to hit home runs. <laughs> I yeah. forgot about that one. He, pl- he played it his own way, man, but crazy. Remember when he came in here and couldn't stop talking about God? 
Yeah, he's a preacher now. He's a big yeah. preacher now. He's a big preacher yeah, now. Yeah, he's right. a big preacher, preacher now. now. Yeah, f- fun fact, he's a preacher now. Fun fact, um, Shane Reardon was at that remote that me and Mac uh, did with Zambrato and As Jesse a listener. Crane. As a listener. Yeah. Just young Shane I Reardon. I pray to God that picture never resurfaces again. <laughs> and Speeds, if you put it out there, I won't. I'll end your life. <laughs> it won't. It's an adorable young Shane Reardon getting an autograph from, was it Zambrato or Jesse Crane at the no, time? No autograph. I, I didn't get an autograph. I got okay. a picture. Picture with 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 Z. Okay. Got an yeah. That's what I, was I would I would hate for Christine to end up a widow. <laughs> you guys don't do commercial. Yeah, we do. We do. Thank you, Zay. Don Cooper uh, will join us in 30 minutes. Tanny's open kicks off the five o'clock hour, but uh, an all-time Cub is not having his legacy re-leg, re uh, legislated here. But new details on Wilson Contreras's departure next on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.